0: Director for candle wishes in Phoenix Arizona my name is Jenny Williams I'm the founder and executive director of the candle wishes foundation I just really felt this burden come over me for these kids children mean a lot um, <laughs> you never want a child to grow up feeling like they're not loved God put this on my heart to want to give these children happy birthdays. This foundation just touched my heart, so I knew that this was something that I needed to do. Okay,
1: y'all, I'm an ugly cry. This is terrible.
0: There was a time in our life where we struggled. Um, there was a time in our life where we lived paycheck to paycheck. One time when we first moved down to Phoenix,
1: a friend of ours,
0: even at Christmas time, paid for my son to have a picture. <laughs> paid to have a picture of our son sitting on Santa's lap and I couldn't afford it because we had just moved across the country and so that's always stuck with me. If you would love to sponsor a child, if you would like to throw a birthday party, if you would like to just volunteer, we need your help. Reach out to us so that we can connect and, um, and make our community a better place. Good morning, and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls, and I'm your host. And and listen, if you can't tell, I am traveling, so um, I'm I'm doing this. This is uh this is the show on the road. But listen, make sure you go support Dr. Christy Morgan's Candle Wishes of Arizona. Look her up on on Facebook. Look up the page. Follow her. Support it. It's a great cause for kids. So. So listen, today I have a very special guest on. Um, it, the guy is—I I heard part of his story—and on a Facebook, some somewhere, I don't know where. And this dude is freaking awesome. So I just want to go ahead and bring Bill Hav on the show. Bill, welcome to the show, man.
1: Thank you so much, brother. I'm flattered that you had me on, and I'm ready to share my story and hopefully inspire a couple of people.
0: Well, dude, that's what this is about. You know, I made this show to, um, to, to give back, you know, to help people, because I think that people hit these, these walls in life and, and they, or, you know, they get stuck and they don't know what to do. And so, you know, I think that if, if, you know, we can, we can, um, share our stories, it helps other people. They, they, they grow as a result. So, you know, let's start out with with telling. And can you can can everybody hear me and Bill? Okay, let me know um, if there's any issues, if you would. So check one um, two. Check one two. Yep, I hear you, dude. I hear you. So um, I've got these these cool AirPods in. Man, look like I have cigarettes hanging out of my ears. So, um, but anyway, hey. So let's talk about. Let's let's tell everybody where. And I just heard one of them. One of them is dying on me here, so um,
1: I may have to just switch to the computer. But
0: let's tell everybody where you're from. Let's start there.
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, I know it has exactly 826,178 people because I Google it every single year because I want to know how many potential people I can sell a car to. So I'm, I'm in a very populated area compared to some so I'm very fortunate to have grown up here my whole life and know a lot of people in the area. I should because I grew up here. So when it comes to me selling cars, it, it definitely benefits me to to have grown up here and lived here basically my whole life.
0: Wow. So and where you said Allentown?
1: Allentown, Pennsylvania.
0: And yep. where whereabouts is that in relation about
1: to? An hour and a half north of Philly.
0: Okay. So you're way over there. You're by. So that's close to New York, right?
1: Dude, I'm close to everything. I'm close to yeah. New York. I'm close to Jersey Shore. I'm close to Atlantic City. I'm close to everything. You name it. I'm close to it. Like, Philly's an hour and a half away, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a prime time location.
0: So, so let's talk about, um, you know, growing up. What was, um, what was life like for you growing up
1: as a kid? Yeah, so, I mean, growing up as a kid, I always thought that I had the greatest life ever. But now looking back as I'm older, you know, it definitely was tough um, in and out of school. I mean, I was definitely a troubled child in school, got into a lot of trouble, got into a lot of fights, got into just I hung out with a stupid crowd. And um, yeah, actually, in ninth grade, I was 14 years old. My dad ended up going to prison for 14, I'm sorry, for 20 to 40 years. So Jeez. shortly after that, I ended up, um, I mean, he was in jail my whole life for the most part. I was, I, my mom was pregnant with me. And he ended up getting caught selling a kilo of cocaine to an undercover cop. And then he ran, had like a three-state chase. He got shot you know, by the cops and all this crazy, crazy stuff. So I wasn't even born Jeez. yet. And uh, I was like six years old when he got out. And I remember going to the courthouse with him or to meet. I met him in the courthouse. And uh, I was about six years old. He ended up going to jail again. So I was like 12 years old when I built a relationship with him. And I started going to his house. He was doing good at his own business, a roofing business. And uh, from 12 to 14, we kind of bonded. I have four brothers and sisters with him. So he has five kids total. And my mother has two, me and my sister. So it was like two lives I lived for about two years there. I'd go to his house. I'd be at my mom's house. And uh, we built a a really good relationship. He did a really good job being a dad for those two years. But when I was 14, he ended up going to jail for 20 to 40 years because he had a rap sheet like crazy. So it was one more strike. And he was getting the books thrown at him. So he literally did. And, you know, uh, I was 14 when that happened. So at the time, you don't think it really affects you. I sucked it off, you know, but obviously now, 12 years later, looking back, you know, I got in a lot of fights in school and, you know, just didn't care about things. And, and uh you know, I ended up wow. going to to jail actually when I was 18, but due to that, so um, it was a rough childhood, but my mom did a very good job. She always had two and three jobs, you know, but at the same time, when you work two and three jobs as a parent, you know, you can't really keep a close eye on your kids. So I got to do a lot of what I wanted and, you know, it wasn't good to- Freedom at such a young age.
0: Wow, dude. <clears throat>
1: so holy crap. So is he still in yeah. jail, I
0: guess? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's still in jail yeah.
1: to this day. I don't even know how long he has left. It's just out of sight, out of mind. You know, I've I've done it this long without him. So I mean, truthfully now, it really does not have any effect on me, on my mindset at least. It affects my life, but it does, you know, I don't look at it in any negative way at all. It just it is what it is. I know it's cliche, you know, but yeah. it, it doesn't bother me one bit anymore.
0: So, so like, you don't, like, go see him on Father's Day?
1: <laughs> no, man. I, actually, I went to see him in state prison one time when I was 15, and it's so crazy, man, because me and my mom, we, like, had to uncrinkle these dollar bills and stick them in this machine for coins to buy him food, and Dude. they did this hand swab test, and we came up positive for, like, heroin or something, because it must have been on the money, so, like, they had to smoke. It was a terrible experience. You know, here I am with my mom, and and they do this fingerprint swab stuff. And after I crinkled up the dollar bills to try to get money, that's the only thing I could think of. You know, so they ended up letting me and and see him still, but it was just a terrible experience. So I went back since. Wow. Through that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, not good for you. So, so, um, wow, dude. So you, um, so, so let me piece this together. So this happened when you were 14, he, he went away. Um, freshman in high school for selling cocaine to an undercover cop
1: well that was when i was before i was even born but he's had oh. he, that was like three felonies ago so he got in trouble now and they threw the book at him you know wow, three man. felonies in california and you do life so
0: dude that's kind same here but so so okay so you were so but he how he was you were 14 when he went away for 20 or 40 yeah okay yeah. And then it, what happened next? Like where, what, what happened with you at, I mean, is that, did you get in a lot of trouble then? What, what happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ninth grade that happened. And as you know, the court system It takes like a year, you know, for you to get sentenced and for you to go upstate and do all that stuff. So it was, uh, it was eighth grade when that happened, but ninth grade when he got sentenced. So in between that time, um, I went through a rough period, like in my head, you know, and, and in school I got into fights and, um, I ended up getting expelled from school for getting into three fights in ninth grade. It wasn't even out of anger. It was just because that's what I thought was cool. You know, all my friends, you know, like, uh, it was just so stupid. But I ended up getting sent away to a boot camp for my 10th grade year, and it was in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania. So it's like, it's just, so it's like if Allentown's here, if Pittsburgh's here, it's like right in the middle at the top, right by the border of New York. So I was about four hours away from home, and uh, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I ended up, you could go to private school, or I'm, I'm sorry, you could go to public school out there. So it was in the middle of nowhere. There was no fences. There was no nothing. Because if you run away, if you wanted to run away, there was nowhere to go. So I went to public school there. There was like probably 800 kids in the whole high school. I On a roll, you know, I had to do good. It was a new, it was a fresh start. None of my same old friends who got in trouble, you know, I was I had to be. Uh, I was very controlled in the sense, you know, to where I couldn't get in trouble even if I tried to, which was great for me at that time. So it was a six month program. But when I went out there, man, I would not listen to anybody. Um, you know, I, I broke every rule there was and I didn't care. And it was a six month program that took me 10 months to get out.
0: Good so I
1: started my 11th grade year back at my at my high school and uh, I did good in 11th grade. And then senior year, you know, just same kind of thing, just kind of messed around with my same old friends, got in trouble. Uh, I barely graduated high school. Um I had one teacher who who I'll never forget. Her name was Mrs. Wasilko. I gave her such a hard time. I would sleep in her class, you know, and and I was just the worst student ever. Always respectful, but I guess not respectful when you're sleeping in their class, but I would never (laughs) talk bad to her. I would just be disrespectful with my actions. So me and her to this day now, because when I actually went to jail when I was 18 myself, I ended up writing her a letter and telling her how sorry I was and you know, how I wish I could take that back and treat her with more respect. And she ended up writing me a letter back. And it it was, I got the goosebumps right now just telling the story because that was going to jail. I know I said going to boot camp was was one of the best things that ever happened to me, but (laughs) going to jail was literally the best thing that ever happened to me because, uh, my mindset, my priorities, you know, like just everything about my 18 year old mind changed. You know, I got out and I was just so appreciative for everything for like just to smell fresh air and just to be able to call, you know, one of my responsible friends and say, hey, you want to go to the movies or just anything like that. So it just taught me so, so much. I spent 14 months in jail at 18 years old for uh, for selling weed. I thought it was so cool. And, you know, Dude. Um, if if all my friends were doing something, I wanted to be the one making money off of it. So all my friends smoked weed. So I was like, well, why not, you know, be the guy to make all the money from it? And uh, look how, look where that got me. That was wow. a hard lesson learned.
0: So, so. Oh my God, dude. You spent 14 months in jail at 18 years old. I should have been
1: in a college dorm room and I was in a prison cell with Bubba. It was crazy, man.
0: Oh my God. So, so, um, wow, man, that's, that's insane. So you, um, but that, but it changed for you while you were in there. Like you had a big paradigm shift.
1: Yeah, that was that was huge for me. I mean, I thought it it was so cool. Well,
0: and I just want to make a point. Like the the recidivism rate is incredibly high in this country, right? So, but you weren't going to be one of them. Mm -mm. You're like, I'm not coming back to this.
1: (laughs) No, no way, man. No way. As cool as I thought I was, as as much of a hot shot as I thought I was, I go in the deal as a little eighteen year old who the hell am I and I learned real quick you know that this is not a place where you want to be this is I always thought you know I go to jail who cares that's not that bad you know and then you go to right. jail and it's like there's no more mommy there there was never a daddy but there's no more daddy to save me there's no nobody can save me you know yeah. i made my bed and now i have to lay in it literally
0: that is insane man so um did you start did you start reading any material anything and while you were in jail did you have any like, oh, yeah. It sounds like you had some time on your hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had a ton of time on my hands. Um, I probably read a hundred books while I was in there, but the number, my favorite book that stuck out to me was Josh Hamilton's book. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He, uh, he, he last played for the Los Angeles Angels, but when he wrote the book, he played for the Texas Rangers. And, um, you know, he was actually a crackhead and he lived in a trailer park and he was the number one draft pick, did all these crazy things, but he persevered and he got through life. And he wrote a book just telling his story and that uh, I got the goosebumps again, bro, because that book, it was literally the turning point of my life where I read that book. And I was like, man, if this guy can do it, you know, so can I. Dude, that's that's crazy.
0: So um, what happened when you got out of jail? Let's talk about that. So you were 19, right? Yep. Was that is that right? Yeah, you, you got out of jail when yeah. you were 19, almost 20
1: yeah yeah so I got out of jail I'm almost 20 years old and um, I didn't really have a career I didn't know what I wanted to do I wanted to own my own roofing company because that's what my dad did and you know he was well on his way to become a millionaire and and very very successful but just couldn't stay out of trouble so I wanted to kind of follow his footsteps in that sense minus the trouble and um, I ended up uh, roofing with other people's dads, my friends' dads own roofing companies, and you know I roofed for them for ten, twelve bucks an hour. I landscaped. I was a terrible mechanic. I broke more things than I actually fixed. So I tried all that stuff out for like two, three, and obviously the money was not good. So one day I'm I'm in a barber shop, and well actually let me back up a little bit. So I was sleeping on my friends' couches, right? Like so I was to the point where I wasn't getting in trouble anymore, but I still was not successful. I still didn't have my head on my shoulders. I was making better decisions, but still not good decisions. right? So um, I had this friend, her name is Nikki, and uh, we were we were always really good friends. and um, you know, we never liked each other like that, but um, we were friends. I was sleeping on her couch, like I'd borrow her car. I was just that loser friend. So I ended up, we went to a party together, and you know, of course, we ended up hooking up one day, and it made things awkward. so we were like, you know, uh, you know, well now, shit, this kind of ruins our friendship, so we're not going to really hang out anymore. So about a month and a half later, after us, we didn't talk at all. She told me she was pregnant. Oh wow! So here I am with no real job. Um, I'm getting paid on the table. I don't have a license. I don't have a car. I barely have a cell phone. It's getting turned off every month. And um,
0: so- somewhat fresh out of out of uh, jail.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Somewhat fresh out of jail, and she calls me up and she tells me that she's pregnant. So. Wow. My heart dropped my stomach, you know, I didn't know if it was mine or I was kind of in denial. And I said, okay, I'm going to come to your work and we're going to talk about it. So I ended up having to give my brother 20 bucks in gas to take me over there. The first thing she says when I get there, she's like, I won't make you pay child support. <laughs> and I just couldn't help but crack up. So uh, we always had a good friendship, you know, but we could never be together. She's full blown Italian. So if that just gives you any kind of idea, you know, there's no way that that would have worked out. She's just, whew, she's the yeah. boss and that can't be. So. <laughs> Long story short, I'm at the barbershop maybe a week after this, after she tells me she's pregnant. And my barber asked me how my day went. And you've seen my story on my barber, you know, and so this is what I'm going to kind of go off of. Yeah. So I'm at the shop, and my barber asked me how my day went. I'm covered in dirt from head to toe. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing good, man. You don't you don't really want to hear my day. her guy getting his hair cut, and that was it. So there was four of us in this barber shop. Yeah. So he's like, Nah, man, like, come on. We got like 20 minutes. Tell me what's wrong. And I'm good friends with this guy. So I'm like, dude, I'm about to have a kid with a girl who I'm not with. You know, I don't have a real job. I don't have money. I don't have a driver's license. Like, my life is a mess. I can barely take care of myself. How in the hell am I gonna take care of another person? No, right. So I start break. I start breaking down to this guy, and I can see the guy who's sitting next to me getting his hair cut kind of looking at me, listening. You know. And uh, at the end of me telling my situation and me basically almost being in tears and and just being scared, everybody could tell I was scared in there. You know. Yeah. And uh the guy says to me, you know, I'm the general manager of a dealership. And I didn't I didn't mean to eavesdrop on you, but I would love for you to come, you know, sell cars with me yeah. and, uh, you know, make a lot of money and be able to support your kid. And I kind of I should have been appreciative. I should have been like, thank you so much, man. I'll come down ASAP. But I was I was like, I don't want to sell cars, man. I didn't say this out loud, but I I felt this in my head. So I took call, like, thank you so much. I stuck it in my pocket and I never thought about it again. Right. So here's, here's where it comes off of my post is I went back to my barber like two weeks later because I saw a post on Craigslist. Here I am trying to find jobs on Craigslist and what am I going to do? And there was this credit card company. So before we all got the chips in our credit cards, so this was like three and a half, four years ago, I thought it would be a great idea to go around to businesses and sell them the machines that they were going to already have to buy anyway. You know, how simple is that? If every business needs it anyway, I'll go in there and I'll sell it to them. So the first place that I went to was my barbershop. So I go back to Sal, and I wait after he's done with a couple of haircuts. I'm waiting for like an hour, hour and a half, and finally gives me the time of day. And he's like, all right, Bill, what do you want to talk to me about? So I start to pitch him on this credit card machine. So he lets me talk to him for like 15, 20 minutes. Doesn't really say a word. Towards the end, he's like on his phone texting. And I'm like, screw you, man. Like, you're not even listening to me. You know, like, you're just (laughs) texting on your phone. And he's like, no, I'm texting the guy who was in the barbershop and gave you his card that day. And I'm um, have him call me right now, and I was like, I got real mad. I'm like, dude come on, like I don't want to sell cars. I don't even have a car. how am I gonna get to work back and forth I'm in my mom's car right now as we speak and just had all these excuses, all these shitty excuses he yeah. Sal would not let me give him an excuse though it was like he would not I could not come up with an objection that he would not be able to overcome everything <laughs> I threw at this guy he's like, no, we'll do this I told him I didn't have gas in my mom's car. he gave me ten dollars for gas. you know I mean I, every excuse I had he would not let me let me make sure that that was okay so He's he's calling the guy. He's on the phone, and I'm like trying to reach for him and like swat the phone away. Me and Sal are really good friends, so I was like almost wrestling him at this point. Right. So he puts him on speakerphone. And he's like, "Yeah, if you can come down now, we'll give him an interview." So here I am, and I'm giving the excuse about the gas and all that stuff. He gives me the gas money, and I go down there. So I drive down to this dealership, and they interview me, and they liked me in the interview. And he said to me, "Okay, can I make a copy of your driver's license?" And I said, uh, my heart dropped again. And I'm like patting myself down, I'm, like, oh crap, I forgot my driver's license. And the guy kind of, Seriously, you forgot your license to a job interview? He's like, if you bring it tomorrow, you're hired. If you can't bring us your license, don't even come back Just save us the time. Oh, yeah. So right away, I go, I, I like walk out of the dealership. I'm like, here we go. Nothing can ever go right. I call Sal right away and I'm like, he told me if I have a license, I'm hired but I don't have a license. I have to go to Harrisburg, which is two hours away. And I have to right. get my license renewed. It's $75. I'm like, so I can't. Thank you for trying. I appreciate it. He's like, no, come to my house right now. And I'm like, well, what is this guy going to do? I go to his house. He gives me $75, gives me another 20 bucks in gas. Wow. I drive to Harrisburg in my mom's car and I get my license renewed. And uh, it was like a six hour ordeal because it's two hours there. You know, nothing ever goes smooth when you're trying to get something like that. So it took another two hours there. I get back and whooped and now here I am. I'm going to start work my next tomorrow selling cars at 830 a.m. Wow. So I go to work. I couldn't afford dress clothes, man. I had jeans. I had a pair of sneakers. I had a hole in them. And I go to work and I give the guy my license, first of all. First, he sees what I'm wearing and he kind of looks me up and down. He's like shaking his (laughs) head. But he takes my license. He makes a copy of it. He comes back out and he goes, hey, buddy, did you know that this was issued yesterday? (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh. Nothing can go right. He's, he's like, "Well, listen, dude. Clearly you wanted this job. So, you got it. But we got to do something about your clothes." So, I right. tell him again, I, I feel like I've just been telling everybody lately, you know, I got no money, I got nothing. So, he gives me his credit card and gives me the keys to his Hold it. Hold <clears> it. Hold he's it. Like, go to go to Kohl's up the road.
0: Wait, wait, wait. This is the guy that just hired you?
1: The general manager of that dealership? Gives me his
0: credit card.
1: Gave me his credit card and the keys go buy to buy some his clothes. Dep- to go buy a pair of dress pants and a pair of dress shoes. So I go up the the road to Kohl's, I get dress shoes, and I get a pair of dress pants, because I had a button-up shirt, and I come back, and, well, actually, so when I'm holding the panic button to his car, I couldn't see it, but I could hear it, so I'm looking all around for this car, and I laid eyes on it, and it was love at first sight, it was a Hyundai Genesis. Oh, God. So... So I end up hopping in this car. It has the welcome chime. It has the heads-up display, the heated seats, the cooled seats, the panoramic sunroof. And, dude, I grew up as poor as could be. You know, right. And I'm like, they have this kind of stuff in cars? I couldn't believe it. Right,
0: right. So awesome.
1: I ended up telling myself as I'm driving and I was blasting the music. I felt so cool. I'm driving. And I said to myself, I'm going to buy this car one day. I'm going to do whatever it takes, but I'm going to own this car. So I go to Coles, I get the clothes, I come back. I tell him that. I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy this car one day so wow. i ended up uh selling cars there and their slogan is when you're lost you're here so it's in the middle of cornfields there is uh you know wow. i don't know i don't know what the population is like i do where like i know where i live but it's probably you know a hundredth of what it is now in town bunch of rednecks you know a bunch of bunch of uh hillbillies and i come from the city you know so i started selling cars out there and the first car that i ever sold I did a video with because I knew if I was going to be successful selling cars, that I was going to have to bring my own people in. I was going to have to have a video recorded, posted on Facebook, and market myself. So I now have. I actually had a woman here today who took a screenshot of every single video I have on Facebook with a customer. Is she still have, there?
0: Uh, Is she still there?
1: Nah, she actually left. But she gave me. So let's make
0: her famous, man. Get her on. Get this, her on. Uh,
1: Drive that she went and got. It's Wonder Woman, but this is where all my videos are with all the screenshots. So I'm going to make posters and actually just so you can see where by my desk, these three windows right here are going to be covered. Every square inch of that is going to be my screenshots of happy smiling customers that I've sold the car to. Dude. So it's going to be, it's going to be insane, bro. I cannot, cannot wait for that.
0: That's awesome, man. That is, that's incredible. What? So, so this was. So you is, were you at a Hyundai dealership then?
1: Yeah, that's where I started at. Yeah, it was for and Hyundai.
0: Okay. So that was how long? That was?
1: November of 2014 is when I got into the business, is when that whole, is when I started selling cars. Yeah.
0: Okay. And and so November, uh, like that was just a couple of years ago, dude. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I actually oh got hired shortly. So shortly after I get hired and I'm working hard and I do videos with customers. I don't have any kids yet. I don't have a girlfriend yet. Um, Nikki is pregnant with my son at the time, but to be honest, with you, I didn't know if it was my kid. She swore it was mine, but it was summertime. We were friends. You yeah. know, I don't hate on her, you know, having fun with other guys. It was what we did that summer. That was just right. the summer of fun. So I didn't know if he was mine or not. So I'm selling cars and anybody who's watching this who sells cars knows that you cannot do it half assed. You have to, you have to be obsessed with your craft. It goes for anything, but to be yeah. successful. Yeah. You have to be obsessed with it, and I was yeah. not ready yet to be to be that mature or that grown up or to be that focused on on my job. So I ended up getting fired in April of 2015. So they loved me, and what uh, they said you know, Bill, you're coming in hungover, you're calling off, you're coming in late, you're 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 falling. I fell asleep in one of the Genesis is in the showroom because I was so hungover, like oh, so dude. embarrassing, dude. I was just not ready for it. I was not mature. Um, I didn't have any kids yet, so it was just about me at that time. You know, if I yeah. screwed up. Looking back now, if I screwed up and if I was a loser, it only affected me, you know, and not that that's okay. But if you're going to screw up and and be immature, you know, that's the time before you have kids, before you have other people who rely on you. So I'm fired in April and my son is born in May. So I'm collecting unemployment while my son is born. Um, For the first month that he was born, we didn't know if he was mine or not. So um, throughout this whole thing, um, she ended up not getting a paternity test, you know, and And, um, obviously I wanted to know, you know, I was cool either way. You know, I says, well, due respect to, to anybody, but if he wasn't my son, I was okay with it because now I had a second chance at life to kind of start a family the right way. But if he was my son, then obviously with my background, with my father, I wanted to be the best dad that I possibly could be. So, um, I ended up filing child support on myself as a loophole to court order a paternity test. Because if paternity is an issue, then they court order a paternity test. So if she wouldn't do one, that was the only way that I could force one. So and it's so crazy because at domestics they don't even know how to have it as the dad filing child support. So I looked and I get confused all the time. I was the one getting child support filed on me because uh, I guess it's so rare that they don't they don't do it like that. Yeah. So I was a little pissed off about that, but that wasn't (laughs) the point. That didn't really matter. But Uh. so. Uh, I
0: want to, I want to, let me, let me, let, let's back up for just a quick second. I want to back up to um, the the video thing that you're, you're posting on those windows and, and let's, let's talk about that. I want to expand on that just a little bit. Yeah. So you started selling cars and the, tell me, tell me about this because, Look, I'm transparent as hell. Bill's Bill started talking about it earlier before we went live. And I said, what are you talking about, dude? He goes, you haven't even seen one of my dash cam confession videos or whatever it's called. Dashboard like, diaries. There you go. I said, no, <laughs> no, dude. And we've been friends for a while on Facebook. Yeah. But dude, there's yeah. so much content and Facebook controls the algorithm, right? So like yeah, I, yeah. I haven't for sure. seen it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check it out, but let's talk about that because I, I wanna, yeah. I wanna make some points about that. So what was it you intuitively knew I gotta, I gotta create these, these,
1: these, these videos? Yeah, so with the slogan being, if you lost your hair, I knew, and just, cause I shadowed a salesman for two weeks before I sold cars. So right. I saw, you know, I got to just observe and see, you know, how much traffic comes in, how many cars we're selling. And at this franchise, we sold about 60 to 70 cars a month. So and there was like six or seven sales guys, you know, and once I sold my first car, I mean, I made a lot of money compared to what I would have if I was roofing or landscaping, you know, I couldn't believe it. Right. So literally from the first car that I ever sold, it was a it was addicting to the point to where I got to I got to sell more cars. I got to do whatever I can to sell cars. So and I was pretty I was pretty popular on social media at the time, you know, while still being a loser, I was pretty active on social media knew how to use it because I grew up with a phone in front of my face. Yeah. So with Snapchat and with Facebook and with Instagram and with all, I was very active on it. So I thought, okay, I can bring these people who I who I talk to and associate with from there and have them come buy a car for me. Everybody in the world needs a car. So that's why I love selling cars. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care what your religion is. I can sell you what I sell. Right. So that made it very easy for me to market myself on Facebook and to be very active and to kind of control my own destiny. You know, so I mean, it was like, so even before I got fired, they were impressed with my ability to bring people in on my own. I wasn't too, too good of a closer. Uh, I I mean, I don't think anybody really is a great closer from the second they come in. But um, I learned it very quickly on how to ask people for their business the right way instead of being that stereotypical car guy. You know, uh, I would, I just learned to flat out say, listen, you have a problem and you're here because you want me to solve it in some way or fashion. So, you know, what's stopping us from me solving your problem? And when you just simply ask people that question, my career just, you know, it just kind of at the same time it was taken off, then it crashed and burned to the ground because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do.
0: Well, but you, you you know, you started this, this um, dashboard diaries thing. What is that? What do you do with it?
1: So, first of all, I want to apologize, because if you don't know what that is, that is absolutely my fault and not your fault. So I apologize for that. That's true. Um, it's your fault. So I, I did about a 100, maybe 200 videos outside of the car. So it evolved to because one day I had um, these two women. They did not want to do a video with me. And um, I did a great job selling them a car and they loved me, but they just did not want to do a video. So... I found out the real reason was because they were nervous about somebody recording them. I would have one of my coworkers or my manager record us in front of their car, and um, they were too shy. So I said, let's just grab the camera. Let's just hop inside the car. It's just us. Let's have it face us and just push record and just tell the camera your story. So when I did that, man, the quality was phenomenal. You could actually hear them. Hey, this is Bill Hav from Phil's East and Hyundai. These are my newest customers, blah, blah, blah. How was your experience? It was good. Okay, would you refer us to your friends and family? Yes. Okay, thank you so much. That's what they were standing outside. When I brought the camera inside, oh my gosh, everybody just opens up. You know, they say I, I had no money down. I didn't think it was possible. Bill Hav made it possible. He explained everything from start to finish. I'm leaving in a car I never expected to be leaving in at a monthly payment that is phenomenal with $0 down. Thank you so much, Bill. You know, good. so the first one ever, bro, it got like 5,000 views. And this was three and a half years ago you know so five thousand views to me then was like a hundred thousand that's crazy. so um it was phenomenal i tagged him in it i ended up selling like still to this day i sell them referrals um uh, you know i sold like five cars from that one video and ever since then i have just continued to do them and now i have i just found out today the, the exact number i've been lying a little bit i've been promoting 700 plus but i just found to say 656 dashboard diaries officially
0: that's okay. So I want to. I want to make a, a. And and you may have. I, I'm not sure how you um, framed this in your head when you decided to do it. Sorry about my lighting, by the way. I could turn this way.
1: <laughs> That's there you go. Terrible. Um, They're but, all good. But, they don't matter. I can see you good, man.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know the. One of the things that Grant talks about and, and, and anybody that, that's worth their salt in, in life knows that it, you know, if you, if you want more out of life, you've got to give to others. You've got to, you've got to flow power is what Grant says. Flow power to others. Flow power to power, right? So who's got the power when you're selling cars? Your, your customers, right? Absolutely. So you intuitively knew that if you just put them on camera and you post this out with them talking about it, like it's a going to make that, make them look like, you know, really cool to their friends and family. And it puts you in a great light. So dude, that my, my hat's off to you. Literally, literally my hat is off to you. Go Steelers.
1: (laughs) All right, here we go. I gotta, I gotta show you guys this. I'm a diehard Steelers Steelers fan. I got it right over my heart, baby. (laughs) So, so,
0: so, so, you know, the, um, so you, you just, you intuitively knew that you, you needed to put your customers in the, in the light, so to speak. And, and dude, that's, that's phenomenal. So, so let's talk about, um, so you've done 600 and how many 56, you said six.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably to be, it's probably well over 800, but those are just the ones that were on Facebook. So she went on okay. my Facebook and went through all the videos and ended up screenshotting all those. So that's not to mention the ones that I have on my phone that never got edited, that never got posted, people who didn't want me to post it on Facebook, you know, so there's probably okay. well over 800 in total, but actually it posted on my Facebook that are documented Wow, that's incredible, man.
0: And those are people, all those people bought a car from you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's insane, man. That's crazy. And you've only been doing it for a few years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, four years this November, but I was fired for six months of those. So three and a half years this November is how long I've been selling cars for. That's unbelievable. So tell...
0: Tell everybody where you're, where you are
1: now, where you're not at the Hyundai dealership that you got fired from, obviously. (laughs) Right, right. Well, they actually brought me back a couple months later after that. So then that, that, so that is when I really consider myself selling cars. That was in August of 2015. So April, May, June, July, August. So five months I was fired. They brought me back in August and my son was born now, obviously. So I have a three month old son and I know he's mine now. Um, I was dating Claire and, um, found out she was pregnant that same month. In August, I found out I was having a second child. Wow. So that was literally the turning point. I got confused because I remember the feeling. It was yesterday. It was I said to myself, am I allowed to swear on your, on your podcast? Sure. I said to myself, no more fucking around, Bill. Right. I cannot mess around and I cannot. Now it doesn't just affect me. If I want to become a loser, if I want to go to jail, if I want to have no money, if I want to have no cell phone, that affects me. But when you have children, it obviously now affects them. And now I had Claire to take care of because she was pregnant and she stopped working immediately. I know that wasn't necessary, but I took pride in that. Yeah. You know, so she stopped working, and and I just worried about the financials. So obviously, when you sell cars, if you don't sell cars, you don't make money. You know, and the only way you make a lot of money is if you sell a lot of cars. So I took it to I took it to the next level, man. And that was when I started, I've given away three cars to three families in need of my life. This year will be my fourth. Every year at Christmas time, I give a car away. I gave away a $5,000 car last Christmas that everybody helped me raise. I donated the first $1,500 into a GoFundMe account. And uh, I reached out to my community and I asked everybody to donate $20. And how, people donated, man. People donated 250 bucks. Ali Rita donated the guy who sold the most cars in the entire world donated oh, to my, wow. my go fund me account i mean dude, glenn dude. Lundy, uh, Ollie, sean hayes
0: holly is is the man i mean he that really guy is. is he, he is, really is
1: man holy crap so he's so cool and so cool man
0: yeah i keep telling i keep saying i'm not even in the car business man but frank lopes is, is one he's, i love that dude he's a good friend of mine yeah. and
1: he's, he's like bro. oh
0: yeah he's, he keeps saying bro you are in the car business. We've adopted you. <laughs> like, whatever, man. So but, like, like, you know, the, um, so you, you, dude, you're killing it. I'm trying to do the math. I mean, that's like 800 cars or so that you've sold in three and a half years. That's a lot of cars, man.
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest, I wish that every customer I sold a car to did a video with me, you know, but some get away without doing a video with me. Wow. So I'm, you know, Thousand cars. I don't know exactly how many because this is my third store. Uh, my first one was Hyundai, and then when they brought me back, I got recruited by the store right off the road that sold 300 cars compared to 60. So they recruited me. They they promised me to pay for my billboard. They gave me a demo, you know, and things that I was never used to. So I I took that offer, and then I started selling a lot of a lot of cars at Honda. That was where I sold 31 and a half cars one month with no fresh ups. That was all from Facebook, all referrals, you know. So that was actually last September, and um. This Dude, past
0: for, for, for the the people watching that don't know what an up
1: is, can can you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So an up is a customer. Right. So if a customer comes in the lot and they don't, they're not working with anybody. They're not looking for any business specific, specifically. Oh, yeah. Then that's called a fresh up. You know, so no fresh ups means every car I sold, they came here looking for me. They walked wow. in and said, "I'm here to see Bill." Have. So that's just the power of social media, you know. Yep. Everybody constantly, all day, every day, man, including myself, is staring at their phone. So yeah. that's where I want to be at, you know. That's yeah. I want to be, I want to be, you know, on there. Uh oh, hold on. Here we go. My phone hit a button.
0: Oh, you're okay. I still see you. Okay, okay cool. And and hear you. Awesome. So, so um, let me ask you this. And, and, you know, I, I, we have some, some, some big time similarities, except for, I didn't barely almost not graduate high school. I actually did not graduate high school. I walked out in 12th grade. I said, they said, you didn't get a biology credit in 10th grade. And I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to need that for in real life? Like I, <laughs> that's so like, true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I would have liked biology, I probably wouldn't have failed the class and I would have gotten the credit. So I don't need it. <laughs> so let's roll. Yeah. They wouldn't right. do it. So so um. You know, but anyway, like you know, let's talk about you know because of all of the 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 bad decisions I made and the tough choice the you know the the consequences and the you know. It's sometimes it's, you know, when somebody starts crying about how they can't do this or they have a negative attitude or like, I don't have empathy sometimes for like, do you find yourself like going, dude, just man up and freaking figure it out like get to work. You ever feel like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, now that I got promoted a couple months ago to be a floor manager here, I mean, so I'm in charge yeah. of all the sales guys, and I'm still selling cars. Yeah. So as of recently especially, man, especially because I try to give them my advice and tell them what to do, and then there's excuses of, you know, well, I can't do this because of this, you know, and it's yeah. just like, come on, bro. You want to hear what I had to do in order to get in the car business and to actually be successful at it, <laughs> right. you know, so right. it's kind of cool. It's cool to be on the other side of that.
0: Yeah, it definitely I mean, is. I've never sold cars, but, like, it, it amazes me that there are actually salespeople sitting in dealerships all across the world waiting on people to walk in.
1: Especially with what we have now.
0: Like, dude, what? It's hard to believe. Go stand on the corner and freaking jump in front of a crappy car and say, Hey, come here. I got to talk to you about something, man. Like, like, I don't know. Like, you know, get attention, spin a sign. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Like, there's got to be ways to go out and get get people to come and talk to you and social media. You're right.
1: Well, that's the biggest way. I mean, personally, I actually did what you're saying one time. I stood on on the side of the highway because my dealership was right there. So I held a sign that said, need, must sell three cars today I had to keep my job. And um, a 99 <laughs> Jetta pulled over and they were like, What did your sign say? And I actually knew, they knew somebody who I sold a car to because they saw my videos. Right. So they asked me how much I would give them for their trade and I told them a thousand bucks. So they were like, If you give me a thousand dollars for this right now and I get approved, I'll buy a car. And wouldn't you believe it, bro? They left in a, in a 14 Centro. They traded their Jetta and we gave them a thousand bucks for it. And I sold the car that way. But I would with never do that sign. again because their social media with a sign. Yeah. And they wanted to know what it said. And- so they knew that I sold the code to their friend before on Facebook from a video. So that was one of my be- best accomplishments.
0: <laughs> Somebody on anyway. Eric, Eric Cornelius is on here. He says, jump in front of a car. Great advice. <laughs> 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 uh, but I, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's it, my, my point is, is there's, the, you know, there are people who are successful in life, and there are people who live on excuses in life. I truly don't believe that there's anything in between. And, and it doesn't mean that you become a success overnight, but the sooner you can get through living on excuses, the faster you're going to freaking go up in life. Would you agree with that or not?
1: Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, so I love Grant, Grant Cardone's, you know, success is my duty, my obligation, my responsibility. I mean, that, that just sums it all up right there. If you're not successful, it's your fault.
0: That's right. That's right. Scott Simons is on here. I love that dude, man. He said great interview and the, and life
1: story of Bill, dude. Thank you, Scott.
0: Ali Nasser. Why do I know his name? I know that dude. Bro,
1: that's the owner of my dealership. Oh, boy, that's my best friend right there. Ali Nasser.
0: For real? Yeah, man. Why am I not friends with Ali on Facebook? What's up with that, man?
1: So, it's starting to make me think you hit the unfollow button on my Facebook.
0: I, I probably did, man. You are borderline <laughs> annoying. I'm just kidding. Dude. I'm used no, to it, I bro. Didn't. I'm used to it. No, I did. People I, either
1: love me or they hate me. There's no dude, in the middle. L- let me know.
0: tell. You, let me tell you how it is with me, man. It's black or white. I, 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 I don't like. It's, it's like this. If I don't like somebody, I just block them. I don't, I don't right. unfollow people. Just so you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I unfollow people if they're not because it would cost me too much money if I unfriended everybody. I'm in the business to sell cars to referrals, yeah. so I don't want them to see that I unfriended them. So the unfollow yeah. button is my favorite button out there because if they're negative day, if, if they're just you know posting yeah. stupid things all day, I don't got time for that. mean my Facebook nah. feed is like a like a, my college, you know. I'm That's seeing right. guys like you on my newsfeed. I'm seeing guys like, you know, Anthony Aligona on my newsfeed who are motivational. I'm seeing guys like yeah. Frank Lopes. I'm seeing guys like Ali Rita. I'm seeing yeah. those kind of people on my Facebook. I don't got time for people who are, you know. That's it, dude. Bitching no, about shit, so. No,
0: no. Na- <laughs> Richard Trevino is making comments, but. Um, Ken will unfriend and block you, but dude, I, I'm not like, look, I, I, um, I took, you know, I started learning about this, this stuff from Grant about no negativity and, and, and clearing people out of your life that are, that are holding you back. And so I, I took it to heart. And when, when I see somebody, especially if somebody comes at me with anything, like, Dude, you're gone. Like I, I don't. care yeah. You can be my dad. I don't care. You're out. Right. I don't care who it is. Like you know. So and and so I want to talk about like. You know when you see people, that are stuck. You've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. What do you think? In your opinion, is the number one thing that keeps people stuck in life? <clears throat>
1: That's a good question, man. Uh, when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to my mind is it was my birthday. My birthday is March 20th, and this was four or five years ago. And I remember I was just so down to myself on my birthday because I had, I felt like I had nobody, no friends, no family. I didn't get a birthday text, I didn't get a birthday call, I didn't get any presents, you know. So, what kept me stuck was feeling like personally was that I was all alone and I had nobody. So, when I started going to work every day and started becoming responsible and then I started to have work friends and then I started to have customers and then I started to have like a, a team of people like a support group that to me is really my funk and and you all the company you keep you know so to answer your question I would say what keeps people in a funk is not hanging out with people who are successful or who are you know go-getters or people who are going to you know, lift you up and and not hang out with you and tell you it's a good idea when they know it's not. That's what got me out of it was being around successful people and people like taking me under their wing and saying, Bill, like this is this is what you got to do to be successful. You know, and honestly, having my son, Julian, too, I mean, that was that was huge for me. So I don't know if I would have.
0: I mean, let's just be real, though, dude. I mean, you you were in jail for 14 months at 18 years old. And, yeah. and I know that you saw people in there that had kids at home that, that Plenty. really didn't yeah. give a, sh- a crap about them. Right. So those, yeah. those like, there are people that, that, yeah, they have kids, but that's not the motivation, you know, and maybe it is a motivator for you. Um, and right. As it is for me, but at the end of the day, it's right. something deeper than that. And, and, you know, yeah. uh, I think that it, like, if somebody came to you and said, dude, look, Here's the deal. Uh, uh, My electric's getting shut off tomorrow. Um, My car was repoed last week. Uh, My business is in a spiral uh, or my whatever. Like, they're stuck. What are you going to say to that person that's going to motivate them, that's going to get them out of that place and into? Because, again, you can help them financially, but that isn't necessarily
1: the answer either. Right. Yeah, so one of my favorite sayings is from 50 Cent, and he says, joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. So, I mean, it wouldn't feel like my story would not be so good if I was, you know, if I didn't have any struggles in life. So what I would tell them is that it becomes addictive to be to to do good. It's like going to the gym or it's like saving money. Um, yeah. Clearly, if anybody is… You know, I don't go to the gym, so I should take my own advice in this sense. But when you start to go to the gym as an example, and the first two weeks, you don't really see results, you're just sore, you're hurting you. Want, you get up, you don't want to go to the gym. But as soon as you start to see results, you start to see your abs a little bit chiseled, you know, then yeah. it becomes addictive. Or when you're saving money and you have no money saved, you say save that first thousand or two thousand dollars It's not that much money, but then you see three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, it becomes addictive. So, right now, if I'm talking to you and you're down in the dumps and your car's about to get repo'ed. I'm gonna tell you the, these next couple of weeks couple of months are going to suck they're not gonna be fun but joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain because in three months or four months from now when you see that you got yourself out of this hole it's gonna become addictive yeah. so what you need to do is you need to suck it up do whatever it takes to to work do jobs you don't want to do be comfortable with being uncomfortable get that taken care of and it becomes addictive and you will become successful as long as you stay with that mindset and you hang out with people who are going to support you who are going to help you who are going to uplift you and and oh that you know they got your back because that meant a lot to me which other people have my back
0: chris Saracino wrote a book called the theory of five and yeah and it's an amazing book and he interviews a lot of amazing people and i've had chris on the show he's 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 freaking unbelievable but you know like and and it, it's it's true man like You want to immediately change your life. I had a long conversation with a friend of mine. I drove 13 hours yesterday. So like I had this, I had some time to, to, I'm listening to Zig Ziglar and, and some Grant Cardone and some, you know, I'm talking on the phone a lot, but I was telling a guy, I told a buddy of mine, this man, like you've got to. Change the people you're hanging out with the people that you have in your life and your business and your yeah. like you got to change that, man, because that is probably the most powerful thing in
1: life. Absolutely 100 percent. If you take hang out with daily and you average their incomes within six months that is guaranteed to be your income. Yep. You're not going to be hanging out with five doctors, you know, if you're jobless, you know, I mean, if you're homeless, you're going to be hanging out with five people who are homeless as well. Yep. So, I mean, you start to hang out with people who who are successful, you know, then then as long as you have that fire in your belly, you will be, too. It's a 100 percent fact.
0: And, you know, dude, I think that you're you know, you you made a valid point um I, and again I, I heard a story listening to, to zig um driving yesterday about the chinese bamboo tree and that it it you know i love they, that story you know the story right so they yeah, they, yeah. they plant a seed they water it the first year and fertilize it nothing happens second year they water and it goes on every year the fourth year water fertilizer nothing happens same seed Five years later, they water it, they yep. fertilize it, and then within a four to six month period, that bamboo tree will shoot yeah. up to ninety feet tall. So like, <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's crazy, man. And and people such you know, a people, great analogy. It really is, man. Because you know yeah. people people do that. I've done it. You've done it. You know where you're like, yeah. dude, I just put in freaking three weeks of hard work at the dealership, and nothing's happening. What? Why is this Ali Rita guy making the all the news and and he's the rock star. I should be the rock star. What the hell, right? So you walk around yeah. feeling entitled. And 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 that's a big issue in in this world, man. People are not willing to, you know, put in the work and be a li- just 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 be a little bit patient, man. Like it's coming, but you got to keep chopping yeah. away.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, man
0: dude you're doing it man you're doing it so what's up what's coming up next for you man you writing a book
1: i'm writing a book um but i do plan on uh doing the craziest car giveaway that i've ever done before come this december it does take a long time though
0: what was that what'd you say the craziest what
1: car giveaway So I've given away three cars before in in my lifetime. The first car that I gave away was my personal car. I was driving to work, and I had like a 45-minute drive, and I'm like, what can I do, man, to like become the most known trusted vehicle advisor ever? Wow. And I was like, dude, if I give away a car, that would be pretty crazy. So then I'm like, well, shit, I don't have the money to give away a car. You know, I can barely afford the ramen noodles that I'm eating now. And I'm like, I'm going to give away my car. So I give away my personal car, and me and my fiance now, which was my fiance at the time, but uh we shared a car then for a couple months until I was able to buy buy another car dude, that's and awesome, uh, man. you know now 4 years later here I am driving a Genesis <laughs> so I, I don't know if i even told you that but the car that i drive right now is the same exact car that he took <laughs> to to go to Coles because it was a demo dude so i ended up buying that car with 10,000 miles on it and my car payment is outrageous you know but uh that's another another thing too that makes me not lazy. It makes me have to come to work or call that person when I don't want to call them. It's because I have an astronomical car payment every month. But pressure equals prosperity, it you know. Does. So when you have pressure and when you have bills and you have a family to support, there's no more. Hey, boss, I don't feel like coming to work today, or you know, hey, uh, I don't feel like calling that person. No, now you have to. There's no choice. I mean, there is a choice. You could either, yeah. you know, take a nose dive straight into the ground when it comes to your career. Or you can, you know, man up and, and do what it takes to be able to support your family and to have the nice things that you want in life. But that was a cool feeling, man. When I went to Honda, three months later I was able to go back to Hyundai where I left and yeah. buy his demo that was parked. So that was that was an awesome feeling. And real quick and that, before we yeah. end up, real yeah. quick before we end up getting off of here, I'm sure some people are wondering how I went from Hyundai to AutoProof now. Uh, but I came here on February 1st. And um, it was a lot different than what it is now. And the guy who you didn't know who he was, Ali Nasser, he is the owner of the dealership. And uh, he's 27 years old, man. And he's he's self-made, you know, so that guy that guy inspires me every day. And I'm 26. So we were uh, a match made in heaven. So as of February 1st until now, you know, that's why you see so much drastic change you Know That's in our awesome, dealership, dude. not not you because you want to follow me on Facebook, but for everybody else who's watching here, who's <laughs> yeah. seeing the drastic changes from February until dude, now, I'm, man, I'm, it's I'm, been I'm, a, I'm about
0: to unfollow you. <laughs> <Keep that up. laughs> I'm just playing, uh, I just block you, man. Thanks for being on the show. You're blocked. I'm kidding, dude. So, so please don't like, do that. You know, I, I gotta tell you though, like you said, on uh, my car payments, astronomical, but, but like. You know Jim Ziegler was on the show, and Jim is a legend in the car business. And and I heard him on Lisa Copeland's show, and and Jim Jim said, uh, Jim, you know, he made a statement that I was like, dude, he's one thousand percent right. He said you can sell your way out of anything. You can sell your way out of anything. You got a high car payment. You got what? You can. I used to tell all my salespeople when I'd hire them, like, dude, you want to know what'll motivate the crap out of you? Go get a, go get a, uh, a Mercedes. Go get a, go get something that's way out of your price range, man, so you can go, like, it'll, yeah. it'll force you, or it'll destroy you, one of the two. But hey, right, 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 right. You got, but yeah, you can sell your way out of anything, Jim Ziegler, man, and that's so true.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely.
0: So true. Well, dude, so, so you've got, um, you've got some, some real, so you got a big giveaway coming in December. Yeah. You're giving away it's gonna five be the biggest, cars.
1: It's going to be the biggest car giveaway ever. Um, can't give away five cars, maybe two. Uh, wow. I still have to, still have wrinkles with Ollie, but we have a, a crazy plan in place. Um, because when he actually brought me on board, so I left Phil and Honda where I was, you know, selling 25, 30 cars a month on my own there and had it made. Yeah. Um, I ended up leaving there to come to an independent dealership where their store <laughs> record was 68 cars or 63 cars in one month. Yeah. So last month, we sold 83 cars. Or I'm sorry, not last month. The okay. month before, we sold 83 cars my fifth month here. Wow. So that was like a, a 23% increase or whatever the real numbers are, but – I mean, we're going to be doing some big things, but part of how he got me to leave there to come here was because of him, first and foremost, as the owner. Yeah. But then he also threw in um, a sign-on bonus and a marketing budget. So not many uh-huh. people I know, man, would, would be willing to invest in, in their salesman like that. you know. Yeah. And he's just the greatest guy you'll ever meet, but he invested in me, and uh, he gave me a marketing budget. So that's how I got the billboard. That's how I got the videographer. That's how I got all of these things to be able to help me sell as many cars. But I have a, a nice chunk of that budget saved for the car giveaway. So I'm going to use some of his marketing money. I'm going to match it with my own money. And then I'm going to ask the community to help me out and, and continue to donate. So, I mean, That's my awesome, goal is, is crazy. It's, it's, it's a $10,000 car, is my goal. Yeah. You know, something that would take a family who walks to the grocery store and walks back with groceries in the wintertime, you know, to give yeah. them the nicest car they've ever owned is, is my goal.
0: That's awesome.
1: But maybe bro. two, two $5,000 cars you know, so That's we don't awesome. know what, yeah, but it's going to be cool.
0: Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that I know, cause you know, I'm, I, I have some, some, I have friends, um, that are incredibly wealthy and one of the, 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 um, common denominators among very successful, um, happy and, and, and wealthy people. And, and I'm not saying success is equated to your wealth because it's not, um, I think it's more about how happy are you. But to quote my eight-year-old daughter, she said, "Daddy, we have to be rich if we want to feed the poor." <laughs> so that's so like, true, bro. And she said it. I'm like, yeah. Dad, God, "Who are you? Like, that's awesome." But like, yeah. you know, so so like, dude, you know, the the people that are that are happiest and most successful in in this life or in any life um, are the people who are most um, giving. And, 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 you know, that's one thing I see about you, man, you're, you're definitely giving you, you like to help other people. So that's awesome. Dude, we're at the end of the hour and my battery's about dead. And I, of course, left my laptop charger over here in my bag. But, um, Hey, listen, thank you for coming on the show, taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, you're a good dude. How, How can everybody follow you, man?
1: Yeah, so thank you so much for having me, man. I'm I'm honored to be on your show with the people that have been on your show in the past. I always watch it, so to be in that awesome. same uh, that same category of people is pretty amazing. So thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: Go on to my Facebook page. You can follow me there. Uh, my business page is Bill Have Auto so you can go on there and give that a like and follow all the funny, cool videos that we do because we hired a full time videographer. We come up with a whole bunch of skits and we just did a cheated video where if you've ever seen the show Cheaters back in the day, yeah. we redid that with customers who cheat on their salesmen. So wow. it is so awesome. It's exactly like the actual show. <laughs> I'm still waiting on Ollie to release the video. I think he's going to make a couple small tweaks, but we released the trailer.
0: So go that's check awesome. that
1: out. That's and, awesome. And uh, you can just use the hashtag. If you have to have it, Bill Have Has It, and you'll find all my stuff there. Dude, that's awesome, man. That is totally awesome. Well,
0: I, I really appreciate you taking the
1: time. Thank
0: you. Thank you to everybody on Facebook. for. I, I keep seeing – that's why I keep looking over here at my iPad which is sitting right there, but like, yeah. like, you know, I keep seeing I'm doing the same that, thing. They shared it. Yeah. <laughs> I keep, right. I, I keep I looking have, at the comments reading and reading it. I have yeah. that too, man. So, so thank you to everybody who shared this out. Thank yeah, you. Thank to, you so much. To, yeah. Thank you for everybody. Make sure you're following Bill. Go, go send him a friend request, follow him, get on his business page. Um, hell drive to Pennsylvania and buy a car from him cuz I I feel like um after getting to know you a little bit better I feel like um if if there were any problems you'd handle them so you, 100% yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. go buy a car from Bill today even if you don't need one buy one anyway you know somebody that needs one buy one from him all right hey we'll uh we'll catch you guys later see you guys tomorrow thank you so much Bill appreciate you man have a great day
1: all right thank you buddy you too thank you guys for watching See you guys.